Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings and welcome on board the WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. I'm Mr. Mark Lawrence. Mr. Bob Buner, a wonderful attorney from Montour County, former Montour County District Attorney, going to be on the news line with us shortly. We have got a fabulous producer. He's answering the phone even as we speak, so we appreciate his help and uh, hard work. And Joe is here. We're going to have well, a great Well, thank you show. for short shrift. <laughs> and Joe is here. Well, thank you, Mark. I really appreciate that story. Early introduction. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for calling in today. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Good morning. Good save morning, me. gentlemen. Save me from this guy, will you, Bob? <laughs> uh, just not enough um, social distancing, Joe. <laughs> you got that right, buddy. <laughs> There's not enough social distancing in the world to keep Mark away from Joe. All right. Well, thank you so much. On the Mark is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. You can, well, will be open as soon as we're done talking to Bob, and that's not going to be for uh, 15 to 20 minutes, but it will be open. 1-800-795-9565. Throughout our discussion, now or later, you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Bob Buner Jr., of course, we know him as the former Montour County DA. He's been a solicitor for a number of municipalities, been a private attorney uh, for the better part of 40 years, and... Uh, let's see, carries on the Buner legacy of fabulous law work in Montour County. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for checking in today. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. Good to be with you, folks. And a star of the Steve Jones Show, I should say, too. I, I, and I, I really miss the Steve Jones Show, I have to say. Well, yeah, you can call him, but it's just not the same thing. It so. is not the same thing as sitting in the studio. All right. Well, I appreciate you checking in today. Uh, really, we thought you'd be a, just a perfect person to talk to about this as we have some district attorneys. Uh, it doesn't appear that we have any in our immediate area, but they say if any case comes to them uh, that is uh, a violation of the governor's orders, they won't prosecute it. In other words, they carve those particular violations out of their docket. So let's start at the governor's mandates first of all. How legal are they? And how can a DA said, you know, those particular laws? Laws aren't any good for me. Well, they're not really laws; they're edicts. Yeah, they're executive orders, number one. But Mark, if you the, examine the executive order that Governor Wolf issued back in March, when you actually do the research and look up the, ba- the basic law behind it, it's in the health section of all the Pennsylvania statutes. It's 80 years old, and it is a civil matter. That's so important to say. District attorneys do not prosecute civil matters. And Joe, you uh, as a municipal official yourself, let me say, uh, make reference to the zoning laws of Pennsylvania under the state law known as the Municipalities Planning Code. 
and uh, if one puts an office, tries to put or puts an, an office building or operates a business in a in an area of land in a municipality zone for say agriculture, and it's not an agricultural business, that's a violation. And normally the punishment is a fine of up to say five hundred dollars and or ninety days in jail. The district attorneys of Pennsylvania do not enforce the municipal laws, the municipal zoning violations. That's something for the township, borough, or city solicitor to do. So when this first happened, probably one of the, the finest DAs in Pennsylvania, when I say first happened, I mean the uh, announcement by the governor of his executive order and telling the state police to issue citations for alleged violations. One of the best district attorneys, a man in Westmoreland County, population half a million or so, uh, just southeast of Pittsburgh, said, well, um, when asked, well, that's all well and good and the state police can issue them. On the office as district attorney, we will not prosecute. So that happened literally on day one. I think other uh, DAs didn't say anything. But to my knowledge, there's not been one prosecuted case in Pennsylvania where a person or a business has been cited for a violation of the Wolf Order that a DA is prosecuted. In fact, the first citation issued, gentlemen, was in York County to a young girl driving around. That's all she was doing, which seems to me like a very lawful activity, but a, apparently a very eager state trooper gave a citation it went to the magistrate as all citations go, and the DA went up there and sent a letter to the um, magistrate judge. Sorry, this is not prosecutable under criminal laws of Pennsylvania, and the matter was withdrawn. So that's what, and so that's one of the basis for uh, this. I think you're going to hear today that one a local district attorney may well announce that he is not prosecuting any violations, but he has a, a different theory, and here's what it is. The nature of Wolf's order is so confusing to people that they don't know whether or not they're in violation, and when there's so much confusion, you don't prosecute. You only prosecute when, it's, when people know that there is a crime, and they violated the criminal law, or, yeah, criminal law, so... He's going to take that position, I believe, today. Bob, what about what about the liability issue? Uh, if people open up in violation of the governor's order and someone gets sick, aren't they exposing themselves to possible, maybe not criminal litigation, but certainly civil litigation? Joe, that's, uh, I know that the Wolf has sent his insurance commissioner out on the public platform to spout uh, you know, some thought similar to that. And the answer is, it's contained in your insurance policy, not what the insurance commissioner says. Um, and, and that's a real unknown question. And we're actually someone, how do you prove where someone got a coronavirus? I think it could be somewhat problematic to do that. But it's going to depend on the insurance coverage. And unless there's an exclusion in the policy for coronavirus or things like that, um, uh, 
I, I, I don't know whether it's going to be carried. Insurance law is up to the insurance companies, not so much the, the insurance commissioner of Pennsylvania. The insurance commissioner's job is to make sure insurance companies follow the insurance laws, not to give legal advice to policyholders as to what their policies may or may not contain. It's a scare tactic. I mean, call it for what it is. What's your view of these counties that say they're going to switch from red to yellow? If you were one of their solicitors, what would you advise? Yeah. Sort of walk us through that. Sure, Mark. Uh, one of the things I would say is simply this. If a, lo- a municipality uh, or a county decided that they felt warranted in making a, a resolution saying we we are now in the yellow or whatever green category in Pennsylvania under the systems of alerts that the, the state has imposed. Um, that doesn't mean businesses all must open at all. It doesn't mean that um, the local store on the corner or uh, the local uh, beauty salon or pick a business that's not, quote, essential um, must open. And it's not a decision whereby individuals must go and patronize us stores. And I use me as a perfect example. I'm high risk. I'm a a cancer survivor with diabetes. And so um, I'm not going when they're open. I'm just going to stay out because that's my personal decision. And so I think uh, if you couch it in those terms, that you trust people to make decisions in their own self-interest, whether to open a store or not, or whether to patronize the store, that's how I would uh, phrase it. Well, there was a fascinating article in Spotlight, Pennsylvania, uh, which is a combination of the Philadelphia yep. Inquirer, Pittsburgh Post, and Penn Live, about the governor yanking people's exemptions at the last minute after the Republicans in the state House and Senate demanded or were going to issue a subpoena for information on who had received these exemptions. And the story yep. talks about people who got them, and all of a sudden they've been rescinded. You know, how, from a legal standpoint, is the governor in trouble here with this kind of thing? Yes. Uh, it, it it shows the arbitrary nature of the decision. And, and the other thing, Joe, I think where the governor is in trouble is you can ask for an exemption, but you're asking for an exemption not from some independent body applying the law. You're getting it from the guy who made the law. <laughs> you know, his staff is deciding. And I'll give you a, an ex- local example. And I know that Columbia County is having a meeting today, large county 65,000 people, and although they're in the so-called red zone because of um, a nursing home that is literally on the county line with um, the Luzerne County up in the Berwick area that puts them over the limit, I think today they're going to vote to um, to join. So I'm not sure I answered your question completely. Let me think. Go ahead. Just well, does what what would you advise the Columbia County Commissioners? Go ahead and make that change. Don't worry. You know the governor says he's going to pull health certificates, and yeah. you won't be insured. Oh, all that. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I think it's the, the the decision to issue these waivers is arbitrary. Um, let me give you an example, and this is the one Columbia County is using. There's a, a factory well known, the old McGee Carpet Factory, now known as Autoneum employs 500 people 
and they asked for a waiver, and they had put in all kinds of procedures for self-distancing, et cetera, et cetera. They were denied. Meanwhile, Conair, which manufactures screen doors and things like that, and they are given a waiver. And just between, uh, on Route 11, just south of Danville, Strong Industries, uh, which makes hot tubs, was deemed essential. And the problem for Autoneum not getting the waiver is they're losing um, contracts to put carpet in cars uh, to a, a factory they supply in South Carolina. That factory's going elsewhere. Now tell me how one is essential and one is not. So I think the arbitrariness of the governor and the fact you can't go to some independent tribunal to get a, a, a an answer on your waiver request, you have to go to the governor who's again being very arbitrary. Well, the big, sto- oh, I'm sorry. big problem. The story in the um, that I was reading from said the administration's handling the waiver process has been fraught from the start. Department of Community and Economic Development has never detailed the exact criteria used to consider applications, nor has it made those applications public. It also hasn't identified which businesses were denied and those that were approved, and then had their waivers revoked. How how is that yeah. transparency? <laughs> it, well, that, well, that's the big thing. You know, we do have. We don't suspend uh, our Pennsylvania right-to-know law for documents just because we're having a, a pandemic or there's an executive order. Uh, that's the law of the Commonwealth, and it would seem to me the governor, any governor, needs to follow it at the same time. And he's hidden behind um, a bunch of th- comments that he's just not going to reveal it. And um, there's, a, there's a case right now in the courts where the, um, kind of ironic at the state level, where the Senate Republicans have subpoenaed uh, these records, and of course Governor Wolf has refused, and uh, that's going to go to court, kind of like what's going on with some of the subpoenas in Washington, D.C. Minus the outrage on the left that the governor's withholding the information. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's pretty funny. What? Um, oh, go ahead. Go what, over, no, what, what does the governor have the authority to do? Well, going back 80 to 100 years under the statute, he has the right to quarantine people that are infected with diseases. Uh, uh, diseases that uh, can spread like viruses. You know the Spanish flu of 1918, the influenza out, or there's a there was a, well, I can't remember the disease. The Hong Kong that, flu. Oh, pardon, no, the the one in 1915 where um, Geisinger Medical Center opened early because of that uh, outbreak of uh, contagious diseases. So he can quarantine people because they have contagious diseases. And this is one that I don't understand. The governor has issued uh, another executive order stating that he has the right to suspend evictions of people and mortgage foreclosures. Now, I always thought, and Mark, maybe you did and Joe, you did, that that's the court system. Right. Uh, And the the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania is the one that makes the rules governing courts. Now, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania has issued... Um, some serious rules applying to a court system uh, during this time and has left a lot of the decision-making 
under those broad guidelines to the local president judges in the various judicial districts in, in the Commonwealth. But I think that uh, Governor Wolf is now trampling on the Supreme Court's powers and duties. And this happened early because Governor Wolf wanted to shut down all lawyers and accountants in his initial order, deeming uh, us lawyers and accountants uh, as non-essential. <laughs> One of our famous lawyers in Pennsylvania, a guy named Bill Costopoulos, well-known criminal defense lawyer in Harrisburg, brought a lawsuit uh, right away in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, saying that only the Supreme Court can regulate it. And when the Supreme Court's hearing that, I th I'm sure that the outcome would have been Governor, you can't do this to lawyers. But Governor Wolf then changed his mind, and all of a sudden, lawyers were essential. <laughs> There's an Just, ironic he, phrase you'll never hear again. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of well, <laughs> speaking of his threats, Bob, he's threatened the counties who have um, decided yeah. to open up uh, on their own with loss of state money and some other dire consequences. Well, and federal money. Yeah. How's he? How's he going to pull that off? And is he going to wind up in trouble over that too? That's a really good question. I think with the federal money there will be trouble uh, because the state is purely a pass-through for these things. And if they start, you know, making up their own criteria, I think there will there'll be a federal lawsuit. If there's, I think there might be one already. Um, the other thing that's scary is using the licensing power of the Commonwealth to bully and intimidate people. And that applies, to, it sounds like it applies to all businesses. It doesn't. It actually applies to those professions or occupations which are specifically regulated by the state and for which one needs a license, such as auctioneers, funeral directors, uh, it's, and uh, groups like that. Medical professionals are all licensed by the state. So he's threatening to pull those, and with uh, anyone who has a liquor license, they can lose or have their license suspended, which has already happened um, in a several instances where licenses are now of places that have remained open have been suspended. Well, let's give the governor a break for a minute and assume that he is interested in, in preserving the health of the people of the Commonwealth. Sure. So on one hand, we have the greater good, which is what he was saying he's doing all these things for. Sure. And on the other hand, we have the individual rights of people and businesses. How do we draw a balance here, Bob? Where would you put the line and why? Well, it's a moving line, Joe. And, and one of the things that really concerns me about how the governor has um, acted in, in this with his, his Secretary of Health, they tell you daily how many positive cases there are in each county in Pennsylvania, how many deaths uh, attributed to that, and, and also how many uh, deaths and incidents are in nursing homes or similar assisted living facilities and the like. The one thing he does not do is tell us how many of those positive cases have recovered. So what we need to know is not the total number of cases, but how many actual active cases are there present in a particular county. Now, over in my second home in New Zealand, that's exactly what they've done. And so you can tell, uh, and right now, after out of 1,500 cases in the country of New Zealand, um, 1,426 individuals or thereabouts have recovered. They have 74 cases as of today. But that, and they break it down by region, so you know 
We don't know. In Sullivan County, up in Eagles Mere and Laporte, in that beautiful part of uh, Pennsylvania World's End, they have had one positive case on the books every day for the last seven <laughs> weeks. Mm-hmm. We don't know if that person... So how many cases are active in Sullivan County? Well, Wolf won't tell us, nor will his Secretary of Health. Do they, and I kn- think, do they know? Well... I think they could find out if they know it's a positive case. Somebody in the medical field would be following that person. What, because how otherwise would they know it's a positive case? Well, they'd have to be so, recovered by now. Or dead. Well, one, well, yeah, well, that's well they're exactly not dead. Right. They don't have any deaths. The point is, the governor is not releasing and has never released that information. At one point, Montour County, up here in Danville, where I live, they had a, we had a huge number of cases. Well, it turns out most of them were uh, cases at Geisinger of people that didn't reside in Montour County. But we don't know how many are in Montour County. We don't know how many are active. And you can say that about Northumberland, Union, Snyder, Clinton, uh, Lycoming, etc. And I think that is a real, uh, what's the word, um, disingenuous way of, re- of reporting on cases. Is there going to be some lessons learned after this, some big reckoning to make sure that this doesn't happen again? I think there will be. You know, remember that famous adage, Joe and Mark, about, you know, the generals are always fighting the last war? Right. <laughs> yep. Well, we're fighting the last epidemic. And the fact that the statute that the governor is using as a basis for this power grab and I'm not saying that is a necessarily a negative thing because the stat, the laws didn't keep up with today's situation. So they're grabbing when this happened. I'm sure the lawyers in the governor's office. Well, matter of fact, I know one of them. They were burning the midnight oil to find a way and to advise and also to advise the state police. And I know one of their counsel to come up with a way to make this thing sound like it's legitimate and legal. These executive orders. So what we need to do is modernize the legislation and give parameters as to what an executive, why there's a need for an executive order and what it actually regulates in 2020 and beyond, not 1920. Good point. All right. Well, thank you so much for your insights. Uh, We'll be checking back in regularly as this evolves, as some of these uh, court battles happen and as some more counties stand down and some more counties go yellow. And um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be like a a stoplight: red, yellow, green, everywhere. What what I'm waiting for is the first county to decide to go green in defiance of the governor's order. Then we might have a real interesting situation. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the governor is going to do. Will he uh, stomp his feet? I have, you know, <laughs> go to court or what? I have, you know, this is we are. And to be fair to Governor Wolf, and I think it's important to say this, uh, this is really uncharted territory. And um, so initially, I understand the need to get out there. And as a matter of fact, the one court case that went to the Supreme Court about the shutdown and a lockdown, et cetera, the, the majority justices in a 4-3 decision basically said, well, this is just temporary, so we'll kind of give it a pass for now, is really what the decision says that they in, in this nature. But we really need better laws, and I think the, what we're going to find is the litigation that follows this may well find that... Um, uh, there's going to be some um, 
uh, cases that go against the government for the lockdown. All right. Well, and thank you. W- oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, really. Do keep in touch. We'll be back in touch and uh, keep us informed. Yep. Thank you so much, Bob. Take care, Bob. Stay safe. You're welcome, Mark. Joe, great to hear your voice. Good to hear yours, too, pal. Take care. Uh, yep, bye. <laughs> Bob Buner, former Montour County DA, and still active solicitor and attorney in the region. Uh, visits great community New Zealand too. Visits New asset. Zealand on a regular p- basis. And... Uh, Used to, go up, Jones. used to go up and uh, visit Eagles Mirror from time to time. I don't know if he still goes up there as often. All right, quickie break. We'll be back in a minute. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to the KOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, really appreciate Bob Buner Jr. Checking, uh, checking in, so we appreciate that. Of course, he is a regular visitor to the Steve Jones Show. Once all this is over, I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he will, too. In the catbird seat, enjoying the Steve Jones Show. Uh, well, Bob has a wealth of experience in the law, and as a district attorney, uh, you know, he, he's very knowledgeable. I thought his answers were excellent. I, I, I agree with him, that what he said about the governor. We are in uncharted territory, you know, and I, th- I think, as I've said before, I think the governor's heart is motivated by what he thinks is best for the people of the state. I concede the same thing to President Trump. Uh, even the governor of Chicago or of Illinois, Pritzker, I mean, I don't, I disagree with what he's doing, but I think he's doing what he thinks is in the best interest of his people. But now you have Nancy Pelosi and the House Democrats in Washington pushing another stimulus bill. That have like, to do with saving lives. Well, I'll tell you, three or four trillion dollars again, and a lot of it is to bail the states out. A lot of the money is to bail the states out from their terrible pension funds. So this doesn't speak, uh, or this speaks to the conspiracy theory that was spoken on the show yesterday. That Democratic governors got together and said, you know, what's the worst case scenario we can do to no, make us I'm look good? I'm not certain I buy that, but I do think that you know they're trying in in Washington to fund a lot of things you know, in the pandemic that aren't pandemic related. There's that money. There's, again, money for the endowment for the arts. There's money uh, for a bunch of other things that are completely irrelevant. And it was supposed to be for small business. And small business, I think, only gets $10 billion out of like $3 trillion. Hmm. So, I mean, there, there's... The rest went to the big companies. The, uh, the uh, Senate... Christ's and the, the rest of them. Well, the Senate, Mitch McConnell says it's dead on arrival if it gets to the Senate oh, the, in that the new form. One, right. Yeah, the new one. But I, I think there probably is the need for more of a bill. Now, they understand the Democrats didn't solicit any Republican assistance. Uh, they didn't run it past the administration. And the president's been quite clear about if there's another stimulus bill, what it must can- contain. He wants uh, withholding taxes stopped or reduced for people. Uh, whether or not they would include that, I don't know. But I mean, I think 
this is a time to put the partisanship away. I mean, they, they need to work together on this if they're going to come up with something that actually helps and not just add more pork to the fire. Yeah, another $3 trillion in debt. And then the Democrats will say, oh, look, at the debt's increased terribly under Trump. He's ruining the country. <laughs> All right, uh, Rob Center, a fabulous producer. Joe McGranahan's a fabulous co-host. I'm Mark Lawrence, subpar host, but nonetheless, I get another hour. So we'll be back on the radio shortly after CBS News. This is WKOK Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Great things and welcome back. WKOK live telephone talk show on the mark. More topics to talk about we could not have. We have Chuck Todd issues his apology. Spotlight PA says there's been a lot of shenanigans going on in Harrisburg, in case you didn't know that. Bob Buehner Jr. talking about the DAs that generally don't prosecute these kind of uh, laws anyway. Plus, the governor's using an 80-year-old health-related law to control re- Retail businesses in the state. So tons going on. Nursing homes going under the uh, microscope to try to get the coronavirus corralled there. So lots to talk about. So dial us up. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com. And uh, our sponsor is the Sunbury Motor Company. Please do check them out at sunburymotors.com. Spotlight PA, a statewide consortium of uh, major newspapers in Pennsylvania is reporting on the many waivers revoked by the State Department of Community and Economic Development just hours before their list was reluctantly released by DCED. DCED, the Department of Community and Economic Development, has overseen the much-criticized process of awarding exemptions to thousands of companies across Pennsylvania that applied for the right to remain open despite Wolf's business shutdown order. Spotlight says the timing raises suspicions among business owners and some GOP lawmakers just hours before the administration disclosed the first details about which businesses received the waivers, state officials were still revoking exemptions without explanation, according to several business owners. Officials with the Department of Community and Economic Development say not to worry. The revocations were part of a quality review <laughs> process that began several weeks ago. It means we got our fingers caught in the cookie jar. Uh, well, <laughs> I don't think you did get your fingers caught in the cookie jar. You just got your fingers caught in a machine or something. I don't even... I'm sorry. Sorry, that's a bad illustration, but uh, uh, you, you got your fingers caught somewhere. somewhere. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so rare. It just seems so bizarre. There, and there's the funny thing is, if you know government and how to run government, there's so many ways to remedy this. You know, yeah. you have an ombudsman, you have somebody, you have a pool reporter sitting in, you have other agencies watching, you have the business owners. Well, the first thing you have monitoring. is a list of established criteria for what you would need to get an exemption, well, which they may have. Well, they haven't made it public. Oh, right, they just won't tell you. All right, as you heard Bob Buner Jr. talk about the Snyder County D. 
DA Mike Piazza says he only envisions prosecuting some case that became egregious regarding the governor's COVID-19 mitigation orders. Piazza said in a statement uh, issued Tuesday following the governor, Tom Wolf's comments that the governor would withhold federal CARES Act funding disobeying counties. The DA says he does have concerns about the process through which the governor's issued the emergency orders. He says this, but the state Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court have all rejected appeals. He says the decision to issue summary citations remains uh, to this day up to local police departments and state police and some local police departments have issued citations for the stay-at-home order. We haven't heard of any business citations. Business warnings, yes, but not citations. Governor Tom Wolf says he won't back down on all of this. He had threatened to withhold federal funding from counties that are defying his orders. He calls them cowards and cowards and says they're making a risky and immoral decision. During a news conference, though, he says this doesn't infringe on anyone's liberty. I don't think the Commonwealth has been unreasonable. More than half of the states have already been reopened. I think we've done it the right way. And I think moving from red to yellow in the way we've done it is going to work. And that was the message I was trying to send yesterday. Columbia County joins the list of those counties planning to stand down from the red and going to yellow on their own today. The governor did say trying to get the 2,600 deaths under control so far at nursing homes. They're going to start testing everybody in the nursing homes weekly, employees and residents. The health secretary previously said there weren't enough tests available, but the governor said this is going to have to be a necessary measure if they want the nursing home survival rate to go up. Don't you think Bob's point was actually right on target. We, what we don't know is the number of active cases. And that's the should be the determining oh, factor as to what's get, what what well, How could you know that? People don't go to the hospital. But Bob's right. They get checked. I mean, at some point... Oh, if you get checked, sure. Right. Uh, if they're in the hospital or they're well, sick you, enough... No, nah, never mind. We'll talk about All this right. after the news. Anyway... The, no, let's talk about it now. This is like when the Russian investigation was underway. The new, you, you read one headline, it's so compelling, you, you can't stop. Done. Right. You have to blurt out your question. All right. Anyway, attorney, the state attorney general, Josh Shapiro, meantime, says that they have open criminal investigations into several nursing homes amid the outbreak that killed 2,600 residents. He says that's two-thirds of the state's death toll. He's not saying how many facilities he is investigating, as you would imagine. And let's see, final local story. Hope is in the air for the Sealance Grove High School seniors to get an in-person graduation this summer during their virtual meeting Monday. Sealance Grove School Board members said the district hopes to have a normal graduation ceremony August 5th. They haven't made the final decision yet, but that is their hope. Finally, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the U.S. government's top infectious disease expert, has issued a blunt warning that cities and states could see more COVID-19 deaths and economic damage if they lift a stay at home orders too soon. He testified by video to a Senate committee. Fauci's cautions on Tuesday marked a sharp contrast to President Donald Trump, who's pushing a right to uh, open uh, uh, economy. AB, and it's got to be an AP story. It's so it's so slanted. Oh, is it? Okay. The tension between balancing people's safety and the economic fallout is a problem for many countries. Italy, for example, recently eased restrictions only to see more infections in the hard-hit region. Dr. Fauci didn't say anything yesterday. He hasn't said with the president standing right behind him. You know, he, he's talked all along about we have to be very careful in how we open up. 
And yesterday, Chuck Schumer, in anticipation of his testimony, said, let her rip, Dr. Fauci. Well, Dr. Fauci didn't let her rip. And the President Trump is pushing to right a free-falling economy. You're bound and determined to continue on with this well, newscast. No, no, that, that, I'm just re- no, that, that's the same story repeated. Okay. But, uh, but that is also true. President Trump is pushing to right a free-falling economy. But the President keeps saying, do things safely. Well, he does. And all along, he said, follow the guidelines, but open up if you can. You know, there are guidelines to do this, and everybody's saying, oh, well, he stopped the publication of the CDC's criteria, but, you know, that's still being edited. That's it. The news is over. You can talk now. Okay. Well, I'm talking anyway. <laughs> but seriously, this, this kind of stuff, it, it, we are in uncharted territory, but that doesn't mean we can't use some common sense. The governor, I think, is trying to do the right thing. He wants thing. to save lives. He says that over and over. Right. Okay. But so how do we save lives? We don't do it by underestimating, by not knowing, by not having information. He has steadfastly refused, except under the most what, strenuous conditions, to let us know where active cases are in the state. You know, we everybody say we need testing. Well, we need testing, yes, but we also need information. We need to know if we're walking into a potential hotbed. I saw a story about a, a nursing home where uh, in Franklin County that had all these people sick and died there. You know, with, I don't know how they got that information, but it was in the Chambersburg paper. Oh, at this a particular morning. nursing. Home. Well, right, you can track, track it after a while. And plus, people are talking, as they say. Right. So, I mean, you you have these. If, if you know where they are, if you know where the cases are, if you know what group of people is most affected in your particular area, you know you know what to avoid. And that's part of it. Yes, social distancing is important. Public information. Wa- washing your hands is important. Wearing the mask is important. But so is in knowing where the cases are and how many are active. That's important stuff to me. All right, 1-800-795-9565. We invite you to join our discussion. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarkatwkok.com or text us at 70236. I, I, I think the governor's running into a lot of trouble here because, or he's getting a lot of criticism because of the lack of transparency, you know, this vagueness of the law. DA, people who know the law say it's vague, including, you know, Bob Buner and uh, uh, other DAs say it's just... You know, this, the governor's telling this law to do things that it can't do. But I think he could avoid this if, from the very beginning, he had, A, made it transparent, let reporters see what's going on, let business owners whose case is being decided, even if they just have to stand on the other side of a glass wall and watch. You know, you can't impact it, but you can watch the criteria and watch the discussion. You could do like they do, uh, have an embedded reporter in there who's monitoring, pool reporters, like swap them out. Like he said, the governor said, well, we're, we're meeting 20 hours a day to get these waivers done. Okay. So one reporter can't do all that. So you just have them switch out. You know, one day you put the daily item in there and the next day you put Matt Catrillo in there and the next day you put the Philadelphia Inquirer in there and so that they can monitor. So he, sh- he should have done that transparency. And the second thing is he should have done what the president did. The president had genius when he said, okay, I don't understand this, but I'm going to surround myself with people who do. I'm going to form a task force and they're going to do the advice and, and give me the good information that will help me make good decisions. The governor didn't do that. The governor said, well, I don't need a task force. 
I understand the coronavirus. And then they said, okay, well, the health secretary, you know, she's a pediatrician, so she should be able to help perfectly also. And then they said, okay, nobody else, no more information, no more help, no more lawmakers, no more outside influence, no more universities, no more Geisinger, no nobody. Just we're going to make all these decisions uh, ourselves. I, th- I thought he did have a couple of other people. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, he has people in the health department. He has people in the in the governor's office as normal staff. He referred to a group of people that he had consulting him the other day in a, a news conference I heard, but he didn't specifically well, we say who they them. were. <laughs> well, how many are epidemiologists? I mean, certainly, you know, a pediatrician's advice is fine, how many but I'd rather anything? have an epidemiologist. How many are anything? Well, okay, you're right. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, I could be on the task force if you want your grass cut nicely and you want information on coronavirus. Right. I'm your man. There could be a proctologist in there somewhere, too, but we don't know. I think there is. <laughs> I can dare and guarantee you there is that. I can think of some business owners that would say, yo, you bet. Bobby, you're on the mark. Yes, um, you know, good morning. Um, you know, of course, where we live here in, in Pennsylvania, no matter if it's a borough or a township or, or you know, borough of Schmoke and Dam, city of Sunbury, you know, uh, uh, Pennsylvania and that, we have to, uh, um, I'm going to say, abide by the laws of where we're at. And, of course, you know, with the district attorney's office, and, of course, I have up in Scranton, uh, uh, there was a case I was involved in out of the DA's office. Here I was a juror in Northumberland County, and down in Philadelphia I was sued for an auto accident. So, I'm, But, but each, uh, each of those cases I had to abide by the laws of, of where I was and, and what I was accused of or not accused of or supplying information. And, of course, when you're the governor, and the president or whatever, and even Joe being the mayor, uh, you know, no matter what office you hold, you should try and uh, find out as much information about any type of situation. Well, yeah, Joe's sworn to uphold yeah. the law. So, I mean, I agree with Joe and that, that, you know, try to find out and all this information about the virus and who's being treated where and who has this and all that kind of thing. Somewhere along the line, there'd be, there should be some type of a same page type thing where everybody's on the same page with the information, and then we'll go from there. All right. Yeah, well said. Yeah, Joe gets sworn in, and one of the things he's sworn to do is to uphold the Constitution. So Joe has to abide by that when he gets sworn in. Yeah, he raises his right hand. Mike, you're on the mark. Last caller before a quickie break. Go right ahead. Uh, Yes, it's about my daughter. She works at a nursing home. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's in her 30s. Uh, This really has me worried. Uh, She's on FMLA because she's off because she has type 1 diabetes and Addison's disease. She's got like five weeks left on her FMLA. So she could lose her job if she doesn't go back. So what what's, what's she do, lose her job or in, in her insurance or, uh, you know what I mean? She's afraid. Uh, she has in, insulin pump and insulin costs thousands. She loses her insurance and she's in big trouble. So what do you do to risk your life to go back to work or, or uh, lose your insurance, you know what I mean? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's a big dilemma. Uh, and she doesn't feel safe going back to work. That's what, that's right. the, sort yeah, of the crux of this. There was an article on the Sunbury okay. Daily Adam just the other day about this. A lot of people were in this situation at, uh, you know, at the end of March, and you got 12 weeks FMLA. So at that point, uh, in the middle of uh, June, she doesn't go back to work. She loses her insurance. You know, I help her with her bills. It has me worried to death. I can't pay thousands of dollars to help her for her insulin and her pumps and, and uh, supplies and all that. Mm-hmm. She loses her job. It's, it's, uh, 
you know, it's a big worry. <laughs> well, and she's the, the the tough part is she's trying to work, you know, to kind of keep going and you know support herself and everything. But uh, right. if you have those fears, she might have to get a different nursing job. I think is what uh, might. Well, that's what I was thinking. She's going to have to. If she can maybe get out, of, or maybe get out of nursing altogether. You know, I don't know because she's got these uh, health problems, but. Uh, at this point, she doesn't know what she's going to do yet. You know, she she lives with her uh, her boyfriend somewhere else. You know, but because uh, she's almost forty, but I, I try to help. I even help her now while, while she's working because of the price of insurance and deductibles and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's a big worry. What she what do you do? Go back to work and or uh, and take your life, uh, you know, on a line or lose your insurance. <laughs> well, or, and you know, we've said before in the program that everybody has to assess the level of risk they're willing to accept. And there, there's got to come with that consequences. Let's say I'm, I'm willing to accept going out now, going to a restaurant, and your daughter obviously wouldn't be willing to accept that risk. I think if the, right. co- if the Congress is going to help us, they've got to make some accommodation for people who have a situation like your daughter's and, you know, are not going to put themselves in harm's way deliberately until they're fairly certain it's safe to do so. Yeah, but I don't know how I don't know how we do that. I don't know how we There's reconcile some kind of that. Extension on this FMLA stuff or something, or or something. I don't know. Huh? You know? Right. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's a big dilemma, but I just wanted to. I'm sure there's other people in the same situation. Right. I'd All rather right. see money go to her than to the endowment for the arts during this. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So, All right. Okay. Thank you so it's much a big for checking in. Has me worried to death. So I don't, I don't blame what you. To do. <laughs> All right. Thank you. If Mike, you come up so. with an answer, let us know because we'd yeah. like to hear it. All right. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling in. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. Call us immediately. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over one hundred years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the mark. Uh, call us now, 1 800 795 9565. We got emails. Uh, we got the, uh, let's see, Columbia County's considering going to yellow on their own today. So now they have something to consider. This idea they could lose their PLCB licenses at facilities that open. And uh, what else? They have. Um, They're going to shut down bars and the lose county? their health. Well, the sh- bars are already shut down, but you can right. do takeout booze now, but you still need your PLCB license for that. Under the uh, rules. So you need a PLCB license for that. So in a yellow county, I could go to a bar in Snyder County and get a drink delivered take outside out. to me? Yes, yes. That's I'd like a, a takeout whiskey sour, please. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah, you can do that. 
Really? <laughs> okay. Yes. Well, I'm, I didn't realize that. Well, yeah. Let's see. What else? Um, yeah, so that's happening. But uh, uh, let's see. So, what is Why is the governor doing this? We have Chuck Todd apologized. So we have that happening. Yes, Spotlight PA and talking about this waiver process. He uh, apologized but blamed it on CBS. All right. <laughs> the other, another the network okay. said that he, he they had two different cuts and he saw the shorter one. Okay. He should have seen both of them. He did admit mm-hmm. that he should have checked them both out. Right. All right, we have an email related to all of this. Yes, Doug from Lewistown, who's always a fountain of intelligence and common sense, says this pandemic has evolved from doing what's best to keep people safe to a power grab and a political agenda. We need to flatten the curve, they said from the beginning of this, so the system wouldn't be overwhelmed. We complied and shut everything down. Most hospitals, excluding some in major cities, were never even close to being overwhelmed. Now we need more testing before we can open up the economy. So the testing has been ramped up, and we're testing much more than any other country. Apparently, they want us to keep testing everybody till they finally get the virus. Most red states are opening up, while most blue states continue to try remaining closed. Please tell me how this isn't political anymore. Doug, you're right. It is political. and It's, it's sad that it's political. It shouldn't be. You know, we're looking for ways you find, and I, I Chuck Schumer's not one of my favorite people on a good day, but when he's saying on the floor of the United States Senate to tell Dr. Fauci, you won't have the president standing behind you tomorrow, so let it rip. <laughs> Dr. Fauci said exactly what he said all along <laughs> with, the pre- with the president behind concerns. him. So I'm sure Chuck was terribly disappointed in his testimony yesterday. But, you know, I, th- I think that what Dr. Fauci says is common sense, and the president has said all along, do it safely. But what we're not looking at, again, is how do we safely do things that have some risk inherent with respect to a disease? Well, is there any other way to do it? You know, is there a way to safely open? There has to be. Well, we're, we're geniuses in this country. We can figure this out. What do you do to avoid the common flu every year, the flu? What do you do? Wash my hands and uh, stay away shot? from people who are sick. Yep, I get a flu, flu shot. shot. Okay. Now, I do the same thing. But I have been lax. I get the flu shot, and I tend to think of that as being enough protection. You know, up until this year, I didn't spend a lot of time with hand sanitizer and washing my hands. You know, I would do it occasionally if I went to the gas station and touched that keypad. Okay. (laughs) And the one at the bank that always looks like it's had a million fingers on it. It has actual grime on it. Actual grime, right. I have always used it there. But, you know, generally I felt fairly safe. You know, just taking the average precautions of getting a flu shot and going around. Now I'm like you, I have hand sanitizer. I'm sitting here in my bubble, you know. <laughs> well, and look where my hand is. It's this, on your face. This is where my hand is eight hours a day. On look, your face. The right hand on the mouse and the left hand on my okay. chin <laughs> holding my head up. So I'm staring at Joe. Well, hey. Put me to sleep. You know, I think that I think people are, uh, I heard a nurse on Gordon Deal's show this morning. I don't know what hospital she was from, but she said, and I think she was from Philadelphia or some major city, or New York. She was from New York. She said that she felt most of the health care work, workers she had talked to wanted to get back to some sense of normal, that they wanted to open up again. Hmm. That surprised me. You know, I don't, Gordon didn't really push her on it, but I thought that was a very interesting statement for her to make. You know, you keep hearing that everybody's... Well, you don't want to be unbusy when you're making people suffer. I mean, you don't want to be overwhelmed, but you wish to be, you well, know, I have mean, you know, adequate customers. Everybody, can you remember the left was just going hysterical? We need more ventilators. We need more ventilators. 60,000 ventilators, 80,000 ventilators. The GM had to make President that. Trump said, I don't think they need all these ventilators. And he was right. 
and no one's apologized. Now they're sending ven- the states that demanded all these ventilators are sending them to some other countries. So I mean, this is kind of hypocritical stuff we have here, and it's terribly political. We got a call coming in. We got an email. The email says, "Good morning, gentlemen. All I can say is, here we go again. Democrats can't seem to figure out how to solve problems. They seem to keep throwing money at it. How about if they would come back and actually work on getting people back to work? I'm very discouraged with part of the Congress, and I'm sad to say that it points to the Democrats. I hope they didn't." really want this country to fail, and that's what I'm seeing. There's no use for me to call my, or any Democratic rep I have because of him. I'm really not a person he represents. Lastly, I do have a question. Is there a timeline for Northumberland County to go into the green? Thank you. <laughs> no, there is not. We've asked a couple times. It, it won't be this year, though. There's just no way. You know, with the virus, this year? I, I can't imagine how we could. We, we don't have the virus under control. We, we have to wear masks, and we're, you know, occasionally people are still getting it, and we're barely into being yellow. So that's why I think there should be something between yellow and green. You know, other states have like five different steps. We've got three. Hit the accelerator and run through the yellow kind of thing. No, but I think there probably are some things. For example, uh, maybe you're not going to open up the gyms, which bugs me, as you know. <laughs> but why not the barber shops? Why, you okay. know, hair salons, they could be kept Well, that could safe. happen at some point because within the yellow, you could alter the guidelines sufficiently because what happened is, is we're, we're, we're controlling risk here. You know, there's a certain amount of risk associated with opening daycare, so we're expecting an increase in cases because of that. There's a certain amount of risk in allowing businesses, some retail businesses, to reopen with people shopping in the stores and to allow liquor stores to do some retail sales. There's a certain amount of risk, so we're expecting cases to increase. And after three or four weeks, if we realize that there, that we have had that increase, then we could open something else out if, okay. if we see that we, you know, the risk hasn't really overwhelmed us. So if social distancing and masks and hand washing aren't keeping people from getting it, how are they getting it? Who out there is running around willy-nilly with no mask on, coughing and sneezing on people so that they get it? Well, most of the economy is still open. Yes, we've had, what, 20 percent unemployment, but we have... That's not answering my question. How are these people getting it? People out working, people going places, going to stores, going to... Where are they getting it? Are they getting it from people who are uh, symptom-free, right? That's the the answer I was expecting you to give me, that people who are carrying the disease but are symptom-free. Well, yeah, that's true. But still, there are supposedly wearing masks, washing their hands, and maintaining social distance. Yeah, but those are just precautions. Those aren't the end all. You know, you have seatbelts in your car, but that's not going to save Mark, your life if I'm in never terrible... anywhere, if I'm never anywhere near you, if I'm never anywhere near you, you're not going to give me anything. <laughs> well, that's true. Social distancing <laughs> is helping. But I, I think most people are working. Uh, most uh, businesses are open, and uh, hospitals no, are most operating. most businesses are not open. Well, most hospitals are operating. Yeah, I, I don't know the percentage. Probably 50% of businesses are operating. You know, takeout restaurants and that sort of thing are opening. We got calls oh. coming in. So 1-800-795-9565. Joe asked the question, where are people getting it? Since he's wearing a mask, he's standing down, he can't go to the gym, which is killing him. Dan, you're on the mark. Well, actually, it literally is killing you in a manner of speaking. But, yeah, Dan, you, it is. you have the floor. Yeah, good morning, guys. Well, you know, as far as the yellow changing from red to yellow, personally, I don't, in my life, I don't see a bit of difference. But I do, I did real do realize that now uh, the wood mode is fully operational again. 
So people like that, it did affect somewhat. But uh, here, I'm, I talked to a friend last night, and I'm not going to say where the business is located, or I'll say it's within 40 miles of this area, around this area within it. They, all, they, they changed their policy. They're not requiring masks anymore. If you want to wear one, you wear one. If not, you don't have to. My friend went in, and he saw the sign, so he took his off. Now, over half the people weren't wearing masks. <laughs> and the ones that were, and they looked at you like you're some kind of criminal. So, that, that I think as this goes on, it'll break down. People aren't going to be cooped up living like this for too long anymore. You can see it breaking down. That's what I think will happen. Well, people are interested in, initially, we're interested in helping. I remember the polls came out and said, you know, most people, I think the first one of the first ones, 95% of the people say they'll voluntarily stand down and close down their businesses. Then the next one came out, it was 80%. I haven't seen a poll recently, but it's going to be pretty close to 50-50. Most people say, you know, let's keep standing down and keep our business closed. But, you know, the rest, the bigger percentage now, or at least half, are saying, no, let's get going. We got to do something. You can't just hide from the virus. You know, you got to no. get your risk up and get these nursing homes squared away and get some economy going here. I I heard you say something, Mark. I thought I'd never hear you say you use genius and Trump. <laughs> oh, this task force, sense. yeah. Well, that's I, so smart. I agree though. with you. That was genius of him to use that task force, but where he went wrong, I blame it partly on him, not altogether. The task force led him astray. They, their idea was to shut the whole country down, and I don't think that was the proper way to do it. I believe, like I said a couple times before, nursing homes, yeah, they had to have restrictions. The big areas where the outbreak was, yeah, they needed to have, be, use a method to keep to overburden the hospitals. They needed that, but we didn't need that here at all. And I think that's where I disagree with Trump's idea. And right. he was, I realized he had to go with that task force, and I don't hold it. Uh, completely against Trump, but he was led astray. There was a better way to mitigate this flu, mitigate the areas like New York City. Definitely, they had to have mitigation. All right, we got to go. Some areas in Pennsylvania. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for your time. Good show, Mark. Thank you. Talk to you later. Yeah, I think the president did the right thing starting the task force. You get a couple of things out of it. One, of course, you get the wisdom of these individuals doing, you know, handing you your advice and helping you make decisions. Two, you can do what, what Dan just said. You said, well, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry this didn't work out. This learned task force gave me this advice, and it turned out to be not the best thing. You know, so it gives you a little liability transfer. And then the, the third thing that helps is it lets other people speak wisdom to report 
reporters and sound science to reporters and so on. So you don't have to make it up. You don't have to try to be uh, like the governor. No, it just gives being. reporters more information to distort in some cases. Well, right, the gotcha <laughs> reporters. But right. if you watch the news conference yourself, you know, when you see Dr. Fauci or Dr. Burke when she was speaking, you get to see personally what they're really saying without any distortion. Without the filter. Then the gotcha questions come. Mm-hmm. All right, Al, I hate to do this to you, but we got to stand by. We'll be right back. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. Uh, Al is very patient, and we've taken up probably about $6 of his hourly rate. And uh, so he gets He's to now go on the mark. All right, he gets to go on the radio for free. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. Morning. I li- uh, I, good morning. I like going after Dan because he did the long swing on what I was about to say. <laughs> he does the heavy two, lifting. Yeah. Uh, two weeks. Uh, in the beginning, we're good. We learned a lot, and everybody was cooperating. But now, like everybody's saying, it's all political, and we're using. We got to have faith over fear, not fear over faith. And they don't have any faith in the people of this state to go ahead and open up and live our lives. Because every day we go out, we take a risk. And even if you know this is a bad pandemic, we're finding out that. Uh, 90, they, I heard nine, over 99% of the people are going to be okay. And from the very beginning, I said, take care of the nursing homes, and that's where we have most of the deaths. And then I wasn't sure, but I was all governor of New York. People go back into the nursing homes that are, you know, convalescing from this disease out of the hospital. Uh, I was surprised to find out that our state is doing the same thing, and that's where two thirds of our deaths are. So, and and our state, you on your report said uh, your news report this morning said they took care of the hospitals first, and then the nursing homes uh, with the P, you know, with the PEDs, and, and uh, I think we have it all backwards again, and and now it's just turned into a big political circus, and it's going to kill the little businesses. Are you back at work? Uh, on and off. I mean, people okay. aren't calling. People I got you. Afraid. Okay. Yeah, so your customer base isn't what it used to be because people are have safety concerns, valid or otherwise. But customers uh, are like damned offish. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're the best of my customers is the older people. And I, I just love working for the older people because I got so wise over the years beyond my years, you know, just with their following their faith and, and living some of their... You know, living almost in their house with them and 
understanding how what they went through and um, the stories I get. And a lot of the old people right now are like, hey, I can take care of myself. Everybody can take care of themselves. We don't need big government to take care of us like they're doing because they're not doing a very good job. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. See, that's what happens. Your call's a little shorter when when Dan precedes you. He does (laughs) the hard work of laying the groundwork. Thank you. Navarre, you call in ahead of Dan. Uh, Bob, thanks for waiting. You're on the mark now. From Nori. Good morning. Morning. I have a couple of things. First of all, Mark and review like his weekend shows, and second, more seriously, uh, he said us a couple of things over the last couple of months, and I haven't had time to really call you back. Back when Trump did his first things about the virus, you said, well, he didn't look like he was medicated this morning. And then there's days when you talk that I'm sure if, you, if it's your par drink or wacky weed or whatever, sometimes you're pretty jovial. <laughs> and, and the second part of this is you said... Your house, uh, you couldn't change your clock on your electric range because it was hardwired. I lived in numerous houses, and I lived numerous years. I have never seen an electric stove that was hardwired. And the third topic is, one a Thursday of last week on your advertisement with Sunbury Motors, you said uh, when your carburetor quits spritzing. It's been a long time since cars were manufactured with carburetors. <laughs> Boy, you've been waiting up. <laughs> you've been the next dealing. problem is more serious. Oh, okay. I was in Walmart yesterday. And 99% of the people had face masks on. There were two people crowding the store. I tried to avoid them, but it never seemed to be where I was almost every time. When I went out of the store, I said to the person and leaving me out, they don't have masks on. He said, we're not allowed to challenge them. Mm, okay. Well, because some people claim it's a medical dilemma, so do you want to challenge somebody on a medical dilemma? And they say, yeah. well, yes. I want to see their doctor's report. Okay, right, okay. And next thing, we have uh, plain people in our area working out of state. They leave here on a Sunday morning early, and they come back on a Friday afternoon late. They go up there, they come back here, they co-mingle. We don't have any track of where they are. They go to Lancaster, they go to New York State. And and they just don't seem to to buy. And they're just saying, well, when I get asked at a store, I said, I have a medical issue. And these people, I'm sorry, or, or, you know, I'm trying to do what we were supposed to do and try not to contaminate anybody else, but I wish somebody else would do the same for me. Well, it's interesting because you say that they were allowing people to roam the store in Walmart without masks. I know at yep. Target they have a sign outside that says, you are not permitted in this store without a mask. I didn't particularly see the sign because you have to you have to go in one side of Walmart and out the other. No, I don't know the I don't know the Walmart I don't I don't know the Walmart has that sign, but Target does. They have a sign right out front that says you can't get in here without a mask. Claim a medical exemption, so even if it's well, what medical exemption you can't wear a mask for? Well, I don't know, but if you have trouble breathing or you you really want to make sure that every breath gives you the maximum amount of oxygen, some people usually you're wearing an oxygen don't want any distributor. Well, but if you don't, you're not quite to that point. I don't even know what what the medical exemption would be, but I know that that was part of the governor's remarks, and maybe that's why um, you know Walmart. Have any, you guys, have any of you guys been to Giant lately? Yeah, I have. I like the new system. What up and down the uh, the oh, traffic lanes? Uh, up and down the line. Yeah, I'm standing in line, and there's there's no only woman has some groceries, so I'm standing back in the aisle yet, and. The girl says, you have to go down. I said, lady, I'm not going to do self-check. He said, you got to go down to the end of the line. She didn't explain to me that this is the beginning of the line. Ah, and there were, okay. There were like six or eight of us in line there. I said, well, open up the damn register. <laughs> there you go. That'll solve it. One of my friends yeah. posted something, and if they're going to have traffic lanes in the grocery store, they need to put in a passing lane. <laughs> yeah, right. 
Anyway, right. thanks for your time, guys. Hey, yeah, thank, thank you for you. calling. Yeah, Bob, that car at Sunbury Motors with a carburetor is a 1977. It's one of the used, pre-owned used cars. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's an old one, but it still works great if you know how to adjust the uh, carburetors. All right, where are we in relation here? I well, better, Chris is next on yeah, the phone. Yeah, where he's going to have to wait. Okay. Uh, visit sunburymotors.com. They do not have any vehicles on the lot right now. I guarantee it that have a carburetor unless they have a classic in the showroom. Uh, but you can see at sunburymotors.com their entire line of Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, and pre-owned inventory. These are an opportunity for you to check out all the vehicles online. And yes, you can still do what I have exactly done, and that's order a Ford, Hyundai, Kia, or Lincoln to your precise specifications. These are your opportunities at the Sunbury Motor Company. And they got Ford, Lincoln, Kia, and Hyundai uh, already lined up with hundreds of vehicles. It's almost inconceivable they couldn't have the color and car that you're looking for. But they also got pre-owned vehicles that are in perfect condition. And this is your opportunity to make sure that uh, your vehicle is exactly what you've been looking for. And you do it all online. You order it online. You talk to a salesperson online. They give you a guesstimate of what your vehicle is worth. And they're pretty darn close with these estimates over, over the telephone. And then they can get you set up with a new vehicle at the Sunbury Motor Company. Start that process at sunburymotors.com. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark. we got Chris standing by. We're going to hit Ken since he's probably enduring uh, long-distance charges to call it. Oh, I guess i got to push the right button. Yes, you do. Uh, there we go. Ken, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in. Hey, how are you? Good. Um, I'm, I'm in Virginia for some business. There we go. Virginia for a brief business and vacation. Um, two things. Number one, 50% of the businesses here are not open at all. The, the unemployment here is just ridiculous. Hotels are at 25% capacity. However, if you look at the numbers for Virginia, they've only had 841 deaths. And the second you cross into the Virginia line, you're not required to wear a mask. Walmarts are packed, Targets are packed, 7-Elevens, all of those usual things. No masks necessary anywhere. And somehow they only have 841. How about restaurants? Um, they're opening up Friday for curbside and 50% capacity. And this is, uh, this is the wrong color governor, too. So um, they're all opening up. The boardwalk is getting ready to open up for curbside and 50% capacity. And still no masks necessary. And they've only had eight, 841. Now, obviously, it's not New York City, which is a completely different thing. But I, I think sometimes 
we live in a bit of a bubble, don't understand how, how other states are operating, and yet other states are doing well without the same ridiculous regulations that, that we've dealt with. But as far as 50% of the business is open, oh, not even close. I the wonder. work here just unbelievable. I wonder if the rural nature of West Virginia really helped them under these circumstances. He's in Virginia. Oh, Virginia, I'm in, okay. I'm in Virginia Beach. Oh, never mind. <laughs> False alarm. False alarm on the rural nature. Yeah, it, it's not exactly rural uh, unless you're no. on the peninsula. No, no, no. I'm but, just wrong state. Sorry. No, that's, that's okay. Um, but what I'm saying is I, I drove down, so I went through all of Pennsylvania, uh, stopped in Chambersburg, Oh. where no one wanted to wear a mask. I went through West Virginia where a mask was only semi-necessary depending upon the business. Once I hit Virginia, I was carrying mine around. I went into Walmart and half the people didn't have them. And I was confused because I hadn't read the sign. You just don't have to wear them. The workers do, but the patrons do not have to wear them. Now they do social distancing. You still have the six foot thing and they're very particular about that. But, All right, we uh, got to take another caller. Thank you so much, Ken. Yeah. W- safe travels back to our valley. You when, come back through Chambersburg. Stop at the butcher time. shop for me. <laughs> Chris, <laughs> you are on the mark. Thank you for checking in. Good morning. You having so trouble we'll with the phone? See how that works through Virginia. That'll be very informative in about two weeks, won't it? Yep. Uh, I think we got to use smarts instead of fantasies to open up, and I don't think. Trump has been contributing to this that the whole time. He's been suppressing information. Sort of like the governor. If you will, yeah, sure. Some information that the governor suppressed. I don't know whether it's uh, real essential information, but it could be. Well, it but should be public information. Trump, 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 well, I think a lot of the nursing home stuff should be public too and I finally finally uh, Trump has ordered or suggested that all nursing home patients be tested and all prisons should be tested too because that's another big thing and until recently there certainly weren't enough tests for that or because we failed on testing and we're still failing on testing but we have a hopes that it'll be ready to go in three or four months, according to Fauci yesterday. The testing should be ramped up in three or four months. And the other thing he's been doing, another besides, he was getting reports on what the, the pandemic would be like since uh, through half of January and all of February, and we didn't hear much about them. And now he has this report from uh, that we found out about from news yesterday and from the testimony yesterday, uh, two days ago from the news and yesterday from from the people themselves, they made a report. They put together a thing about how restaurants can open safely, how barber shops and everything, with what what steps they might have to take, and it was a, apparently a very detailed thing, and. Somehow the Trump administration has decided not to release that. You're missing Dr. Burke's comment that it was still being edited. It was still being edited back and forth, yes. 
And so now they're going to wait till they're going to urge people to open up without giving them that information until like a day before they open up or a week after they open up. But it's the Great governors. Who, it's the governors right. who are making the decision to open up, not the president. Sorry, Chris, we got to go. We got to get uh, Al with thirty seconds. Go ahead. I just thought of it. Uh, I wanted to ask anybody that if you're playing that game on your your cell phone, I got a pop up. And I knew anybody that had uh, to go to the vaccine centers, and um, I would get a reward if I turned them in. Gotcha. Okay. Not familiar with that. Yeah, call back and we'll talk more about that. Thank you so much, Alan. Sorry, Chris, we had to give everybody two and a half minutes plus 30 seconds for a repeat caller. Let's See you tomorrow. Let's take this up tomorrow. We'll put Joe back in the bubble. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. It is 10 a.m. Good morning.